Lord, I thank you for um, this morning. I thank you, Lord, for uh, your sense of humor of allowing it to be so cold. And uh, just for, um, we receive everything from you. We receive um, because you are good and you are great and you are able to um, have our, our best in mind and to be able to provide it. And Lord, we, we want to have open arms and open hands and hearts and minds to receive all of your best um, for us. That doesn't always come in the packaging that we would expect, Father, but we can trust that if it comes from your hand, that it is the best. Um, it is for your glory and for our good. And Lord, I just pray that you would just bless our short time looking at your word and also bless um, Adam and Hannah and Nick as, as they uh, uh, plan to share their stories with us and just calm their hearts and minds and, and um, allow this to be um, establishing in our faith and our, in our knowledge of you and in our relationships with each other as well. I just pray these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> you probably notice I'm struggling through with a cold a little bit this morning, and um, hopefully I don't make you all feel like blowing your nose or clearing your throats. But let me ask you, start by asking you this question. Um, what does my wedding ring mean? For some people who sat down with me and talking with stuff, they're like, it's, it's a toy that you play with when you're talking with people. Um, but, you know, it means lots of things. It, it means, first of all, that something very significant has happened in my life, that I have become married and, and one with uh, another person. It identifies me to others that I am married. And when uh, someone sees me with my wedding ring on, they expect certain behavior from me. They, they don't expect certain behavior from me because of the presence of my wedding ring. It's also a, a reminder to me. It's a reminder to others of my commitment to Kelly as my wife. In the same way that the wedding ring is an outward symbol or an outward sign, baptism is a symbol of something that has taken place inwardly. Uh, just three ideas going along the same line as the wedding ring We're not, uh, that I'm going to share with you this morning. We're not going to cover all of the aspects or the significance of water baptism this morning. But, but one of these first ideas that I want you to understand is that baptism shows that something significant has taken place. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, I hope that our use of PowerPoint typically does not keep you from bringing Bibles. Um, but if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to just turn to John 1.12. Some of you would, especially from our time in the book of John, some of you probably know this by heart. But... Um, John 1.12 says this, To all who did receive him, being Christ, to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
what a significant experience, what a significant um, event to be adopted as God's child. Ephesians 1 talks of us as being adopted as God's children, those who have received Christ as their Savior, as John 1 puts it this way. In other words, a person, the person who, who seeing their sin and, and the, the impact of it and the, the devastation of it and realizing that Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead in order to deal with our sin and our separation from God and with our penalty of death that we live under, realizing that and realizing that it can apply to them. The person that receives that from God has the right to be called a child of God. I don't know if there's anything more that significant that can happen to us. And baptism is a symbol of that significant event in our life. It's also a symbol of our being baptized. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, wait a second. How's baptism, how's baptism a symbol of our being baptized? Physical baptism is a symbol of our spiritual baptism. It's a picture of that. Uh, turn again uh, to Galatians 3. And we're looking at verses 26 and 27. This is the verse that is written on the chalkboard out in the hallway. Galatians 3, 26 and 27 says, For in Christ you are all sons of God through faith. That, that's what we're, we're told about also in John 1, 12. In Christ you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. This is talking about our spiritual baptism into Christ Jesus and that we've put on his righteousness, that when God looks at us, he sees the righteousness of Christ. Turn also to uh, Colossians 2.12. It's, it's nice to hear those pages flipping. You know, we don't get that as much when we use the PowerPoint and things. Galatians, Colossians 2.12 says this. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. So, so in this verse, Paul is Continually, continuing to explain what has happened spiritually to the person who has received Christ. We've been buried with Christ in baptism and also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. God, being, God the Father being one described as having raised Christ from the dead. And we see that picture here that, that water baptism represents as well of have of being lowered into water and coming up different you know wet uh covered soaked it's this picture of what has happened spiritually for us when we have received christ as our savior we have been baptized into christ and we've been raised with him just as he was raised from the dead 
It's an outward symbol of an inward grace that has taken place in our lives. And that inward grace is described as us being spiritually baptized in this Christ. It would actually be more uh, a better picture if the person were drowned, you know, when they were baptized. Don't worry, we're not going to, you know, follow that through, uh, you know, today. But it's because... Just as every analogy or every picture falls short, every symbol falls short in some way, when, when a person is baptized into water, the water gets on them, but it doesn't get in them. But spiritually, we don't just get into Christ, he gets into us. You know, as, as, a, children, as a child, many times we understand this as receiving Christ or, or um, asking Christ into my heart. You know, we also know uh, from scripture that, that this is described as the Holy Spirit indwelling us at that point of, of our receiving Christ as our Savior and spiritually being baptized into Christ and being raised with him. When we're baptized into Christ, we are forever in Christ. We're in his righteousness. We're in his um, character before God. We are we are clothed in him. This is because, um, and he is also in us forever. So baptism signifies something significant has happened, but also just like my wedding ring, like the wedding ring, baptism identifies us with the work of Christ. Turn to Romans 6. Romans 6 is describing again that spiritual baptism into Christ that a person experiences upon receiving Christ as their Savior and being able to be called child of God. And in verses 4 and 5, we read, We were therefore, we were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. So our physical baptism identifies us with the work of Christ in what has happened to us in our spiritual baptism. Again, just as we talked about how, how the picture is dying with Christ and being raised with him, that identifies with us with what he has done. We're not just identified with his death, we're also identified with his resurrection. We're intended to live a new, resurrected, eternal life. We're empowered to do so at our spiritual baptism and at our physical baptism, we're saying, I identify with him. I identify with his work. I understand that this is what I'm called to. Lastly, we see that just as a wedding ring is a reminder of our commitment to a spouse, so also baptism is a reminder of our identification with Christ. And it's also a reminder for us to live in Christ, 
If you remember, you know, I'm uh, not who would ever look down at their wedding rings and be like, oh, yeah, I'm married, you know. But it might be a reminder to someone else. In the same way, baptism is, an, is a, a, re, a reminder to others. It can be, hey, you know, Hannah, hey, Nick, Adam, I remember when you were baptized. Or it can be a reminder to us, I was baptized. That symbolized to me what Christ has done what, what has happened for, to me in my being baptized into Christ. Turn to Galatians 2.20. <coughs> Another verse you may know uh, or be familiar with. In Galatians 2.20 we read, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So spiritually, when we receive Christ as our Savior, from that time forward, we're intended to consider ourselves as having been nailed to the cross with him. Our sins were nailed there. And in terms of who we live our life for, who, to whom our life belongs... Are the, are, we are intended to see ourselves, us, as having been crucified with him. And now just as he lives resurrected, so we do live in him. And our baptism, our water baptism, should be a symbol and a reminder that this has taken place spiritually. Our spiritual baptism was intended to kill us and allow Christ to live in us. And physical baptism is intended to remind us and others of this fact. As with what comes with the wedding ring, certain behavior is expected and not expected. And so those being baptized today are publicly committing to follow Christ. And they welcome your accountability with this. I I can tell you that because I, I know each one of them personally have sat down and talked with them about this. This is their desire. You know, just in conclusion, let me say, putting on a wedding ring does not make someone married, right? Simply slipping on a wedding ring doesn't mean, you know, I'm married now. Baptism does not make someone saved in the same way. In the same way that the wedding ring is a symbol of what has happened spiritually, baptism does not make someone saved. It's meant to be a symbol of what has already happened for them spiritually. It's a very special ceremony, like marriage. But a marriage ceremony doesn't make two people one. It doesn't accomplish something in their bodies, in their spirits, in their hearts. So also baptism doesn't cause someone to become a child of God. It's not a ritual. The difference between a ritual and a ceremony would be this. A ritual requires certain rites to be done in certain ways in order for something to take place. A ceremony is more of a celebration. It can be. Now, let me just say, I mean, dictionary-wise, a ceremony can be a ritual. 
but that is if it involves, okay, you need to do this and do this, and you need to do it in a certain way, and if you don't, then it didn't work. You know, that's a ritual, and that's a ritual ceremony. Baptism is a ceremony of celebration. It's a ceremony that commemorates something amazing that has happened in a person's heart and life. So I'm going to ask Adam if he'd be willing to come up, and I appreciate each one of these guys Folks, uh, um, taking us up on sharing uh, their story, and, and Adam and I chose uh, to kind of do a little question and answer format. Makes me nervous not having a piece of paper with him or anything, but <laughs> have a seat there now. You got a microphone oh. there, and that's. I thought I got one of the cool little ears. <laughs> So, Adam, um, so what was your relationship with God like growing up, and what, what type of home did you grow up in and things like that? Uh, pretty typical. Does that need to be closer? There we go. Sorry. I'd say a pretty typical home growing up. I mean, uh, parents, dogs, we uh, did all loving the things. Loving parents, loving dogs. Loving dogs. Sister who loved you about 30% of the time <laughs> when she could use you to get her way. Um, <laughs> she, uh, Adam has a fun relationship <laughs> with his um, You know, as far as, as God uh, was concerned and religion, it was um, something that uh, was encouraged. Um, my parents may dispute what my eight and nine year old memory has, but I don't remember it being talked about overtly a lot, but it was uh something that was always encouraged seen to do um church I would say going to church uh was semi regular maybe um and probably mostly because churches were forty five minutes away that my parents grew up going to, and so not that easy always to get to. But, uh, so I can't remember necessarily having a Bible or anything like that um, growing up. So being in the Word was not a regular occurrence, per se. But I had um, my grandma, Esther, uh, was a very godly woman, and I spent a lot of time with her who was in the Bible a lot, and she was a big influence. Um, So, yeah, it it was around. I wouldn't. I hesitate. Ah, there's a word here. Um, it was just encouraged, but maybe not talked about a lot. I knew that my parents um, were definitely believers, but it wasn't a, maybe a central theme, I guess, for lack of a better term. But So when did you come to a place of accepting uh, Christ as your Savior? It was... Teenage years, 17-ish, 18, uh, I don't know, somewhere around the time Melanie popped into my life, uh, <laughs> she um, she brought me to Harvest here, and uh, Harvest, uh, Harvest was something else. <laughs> it was different than any other experience you can uh, imagine going to as a kid um, it, that I ever had, anyway. I went to a lot of smaller churches, so... 
Uh, harvest was different. Um, I can remember, you know, Glenn was, was pastor back then. And um, I, I don't remember what he was talking about, but I do remember there was something one day that, that certainly seemed to be, that hit me. And like it was like he was talking to me. And um, I don't know that it was probably that night or anything, but sometime after, after thinking, I, you know, I decided to change, um, to, to accept Christ as my Savior, which is, was a departure. I feel like as growing up, I had a very childlike faith. I, I believed in God, and I knew he was there and that he loved me and whatnot, um, but there's certainly something that is a, I'm making a choice now to say, you are the savior of my life, I want to follow you, and um, give my life over to you, which uh, is definitely different than, than what you, what I did as a child, just kind of having it around and knowing who God was and what he was, so um, that was probably teenage years, now I don't know that with the exception of maybe doing a little more in the Bible, for whatever reason, my life probably changed all that dramatically. Uh, but that was a definite turn in, in my walk with you. Mm-hmm. So, and and um, as you grew as a young adult, how were things in your walk with the Lord? Well. Um, so I was probably late teenage years. I was going into college, which is a fun time, I guess, for anybody. That's a big growth time. Those those are late teenage, early 20 years is when you kind of really spread your wings and start to figure out what life is like without your parents around constantly and, and whatever. So um, one of the great things that I always had was that I always knew, for whatever reason, that no matter what I did, that I had that grace of Jesus, that he would, he would always love me, I would always be saved, you know, I was his, his child. Um, and rightly or wrongly, that may have let me <laughs> indulge in some freedoms in college that maybe I shouldn't have. I mean, I had a typical college experience. I, I had a pretty good time in college, and, uh, you know, some people may say, I don't know, that that didn't know me. That person's probably not a Christian, Um, but I definitely, um, I always believed my, I never really questioned my faith or anything, but I certainly wasn't in the Word as much, um, and whatever, I was just living life and and having having a good time. so and and how would you say it's changed since then well you know um melanie came back around (laughs) um they um at some point in time after college i really felt like i um and this was actually before melanie that you know you you're you believe and and God and Jesus as your savior but but there's a little more to it than that you know i mean yes you're fine i guess the way i felt but you know there's there's a community of believers out there that you should be a part of 
Um, and there's this whole book that I've got for you that you should be, you know, should be learning to, using to learn about me and to be with me and to help, help you through these struggles. And I started feeling that pull. Um, and so that, that certainly led me to a point. I wasn't really going to church because I just never felt like, you know, God, I always felt like God was bigger than a church. And so, you know, you don't really need church or whatever was kind of my feeling. And, but I felt that pull to have a much stronger relationship with God, and which led me back to here on crutches one day. Um, and then, like I said, Melanie came around, and that, um, that whole starting a family makes you made me anyway rethink about how do I want to be as a Christian man, as a Christian husband, as a Christian father. Um, what does that look like and how how should that be? So um, I guess that was an evolution in in starting to uh, with make a deeper walk um, because I now have this this woman in, that I need to uh, that is a part of my life. And uh, I need to be there for her and be her, her strength and her rock and help her in her walk as a Christian as well and make sure that Jesus is the center of our relationship. Um, so that led to trying to delve into the Bible more and becoming just a much uh, better Christian. I don't know <laughs> what the word is there. But uh, so, yeah. Um, so in, uh, so why are you choosing to be baptized now? Well, it's been, as you know, uh, a topic of conversation in various parts of my life the last few years, or for a while, a few months now. Um, and I just feel probably it's been a leading up to process of um, not only have I been talking about it, it just some things we have happened to been reading have coincided with it um, by chance. And uh, I just feel it's a leading up process. Um, and there's an obedience there to God. I, you know, as you said, it's not what saves us, it's not what makes us a Christian, but it is, it is that public. Uh, showing of your faith that should be done. Now, I was saved half of my life ago. I mean, 17, 18, somewhere around there. Um, and I could have done it then, but I didn't for whatever reason. Uh, but now it feels like the right time. I mean, I'm showing my wife, you know, hey, I'm trying to be a better husband and father and I want people to know, maybe to hold me accountable, that, uh, hey, we were there when you were baptized. You're maybe not doing the things you should be because, let's face it, we all fail <laughs> as as people. Um, so, I, you know, I'm here at my church church home, which Harvest has always been my, my church home, I felt, uh, no matter where I've gone. And I feel like those are the people you should do this with. So... At any other point in my life, I have not really felt comfortable doing it um, 
anywhere else other than here. So that's, I guess, why I'm choosing to do it now and here. And plus you asked, so it was, <laughs> you know, why not? He didn't give me a choice to say no. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Yeah. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so I think Hannah's up here next. And Hannah and, and Nick have more kind of uh, written, oh no, not written down. I didn't mean that like, oh no. <coughs> I promise not to ask you questions. If I talk like this, does that work? Okay, so um, where, did I, where did I start? I grew up in a, or I am growing up in a loving, perfect home. <laughs> and um, I say, like same as Adam, like I, I always believed in God and I knew like that he loved me. And um, I accepted Jesus when I was like four or five. And I was like super good. Like I followed every rule. Um, <laughs> No, really, but, and I wonder if, like, that um, was not good for me, because it took me a while to realize that I wasn't super good, um, and so, so, uh, a big, how do I say, part of my testimony is um, when we moved here, and um, it really hit me that, like, my life is going to change, like, all the time. And, like, God is the one thing that's going to be constant in my life. And that's kind of where I started realizing that, like, I need a relationship with him. Um, and then another thing was um, a book by Jeremy Camp that Mr. Glenn lent me. I'm not going to cry. Um, I wore waterproof mascara just in case. Um, but in it, he talks about his first wife and the life that she had. And um, if you don't know her story, she ended up passing away from cancer. But um, her whole life, like, she knew that her purpose was to glorify God. And, like, even when she was dying, like, she was trying to live that out. And she was always pointing back to him. And so that made me realize like, that I didn't, I wasn't doing that, and, like, everything that I did, like, even, like, following the rules and everything was always, like, to point back to me, like, for my own glory, I guess, um, and then, uh, so right after reading that book, like, while that was still, like, in my head, and I was, like, trying to take this all in, um, I went to Camp Raybird for a month last summer, and I, I lived up there the whole time, I didn't come back on the weekends or anything, and it, uh, I got punched again with, like, all the staff around and seeing how they, they all did have relationships with God, and they were, they were always trying to live that out. Like, whether, like, they were with kids and they were, like, pointing them to him or, like, even on the weekends with each other, they were pointing each other towards him. Like, they were always living with that purpose. And, um, and at the same time, they were never pointing back to themselves. Like, they were never saying, like, I led a camp for the Christ this week or, like, look what I did, like, this is so cool. They were always, like, pointing back to God. And um, just, like, 
I don't know, like I, I realized during that time, I don't know what the, how long the period was, but I realized that I didn't really have a personal relationship with God and that I really needed one and then I really wanted one. Um, and so that's when I actually started to have my own relationship with God and like reading my Bible, not just for the sake of gaining knowledge that I can quote back to someone or um, that was the first time that I actually wanted to like pray to like be with God like and I don't know how to put that into words um, but yeah and I still struggle so much with like wanting to point back to myself um, but that's what I'm I think I'll constantly be struggling with that <laughs> for the rest of my life but I don't know where Do you have any questions? <laughs> Lastly, we'll hear from Nick Trincone here. I grew up always believing in God in heaven. I attended Sunday school at a Catholic church until I was about 12 years old. I'm grateful for that opportunity. I um, was able to learn about the death and resurrection of Jesus. However, I did not really understand the significance that it had in our lives. So um, at that time, I had the false assumption that all people went to heaven as long as they were more generally good than bad. So I kind of thought the more good a person did would outweigh the bad. Uh, just Maybe only the really bad people, the murderers, went to hell or something like that. Um, because of this, I didn't develop a personal or develop or pursue a relationship with Jesus. I uh, went through my teens just putting all my time and energy into um, sports. I was really just living for sports. Um, and in uh, my senior year of high school, so that was like 2008, I began dating a um, beautiful girl, Liz, over here. And, um, and so she mentioned fairly early on that it was important for her to date and eventually marry a man with a strong faith. So I was impressed by how our faith was so important to her and began to really question if um, God should be more important to me in my life. And then also um, going back and forth to the uh, being at the Sparks family house, um, I was really intrigued with how they would uh, pray before we would eat. It was like they were praying, uh, really talking to God like he was right there in the room uh, with us like he was just understanding every word that they said and he wasn't just like somewhere far away in the sky um, so I thought that was really interesting and then so the next year right before we went to college Liz gave me a, a Bible and occasionally I would flip through the pages and try to make sense of it um, took me quite a while to it's probably everybody to try to wrap my head around the Trinity and understand how God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit could all be one um, so I began attending Harvest, let's see, that next year with the Sparks family. And then that summer we had a guest evangelist speaker. I don't know if you guys might remember, who asked the question if whether or not we were 100% sure that we would go to heaven. So at that time I was not 100% sure. 
and that's when I um, realized I was separated from God by sins. It didn't matter that I was thought I was a good person. People told me I was a good guy. It didn't matter. Um, none of that mattered. It was um, so. Uh, that's when I came to understand that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and for everyone's sins. And that's when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. I continued um, attending Harvest with Liz, and, uh, and Liz and I continued dating through college. We would read and discuss the Bible together um, when we visited each other and over the phone. Uh, the more I learned about God, the more I've grown in my faith and have continued to grow in my faith playing, in the, uh, playing with the praise team and being around more uh, mature Christians has been great. And um, so now I've completely surrendered my life to Jesus, and I've developed a prayerful and personal relationship with him. So, all right. It's special to hear each person's story, and it's kind of neat to be able to hear it uh, in, in ind- individual stories and individual ways. Uh, really neat. Um, I'm going to close our time in prayer and uh, then give, like, uh, just some final words about... Uh, um, going out to Lake Holiday, and I, I have one last announcement I can't forget to give uh, before then, but let's close in prayer. Lord, I just, uh, I thank you for the fact that you are ever-present and all-powerful and omniscient. You are um, involved in our lives in uh, the most intimate ways, the most uh, magnificent and, and uh, glorious ways. And we're able to participate with you, with all of you, every single bit of you, each of us individually. Uh, we don't have to share you. Uh, you don't lose any of your presence. You don't lose any of your power. You don't lose any of your knowledge of us or anything else. And Lord, I thank you that uh, you're writing a story for each one of us. I pray that every single person here would have as a part of their story being your child, receiving you as their Savior, simply coming to you and acknowledging that we need for our sins to be cared for personally by Jesus' death and resurrection and to open, open the door to let you into our life. And thank you that you never leave. Lord, I just pray that you would uh, keep us all safe as we, as we drive over to Lake Holiday and just allow us to um, just enjoy this, this uh, time outside of uh, celebrating uh, these baptisms. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.